insurance town. I'm the mayor, Heath Sheeran, and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm super pumped because today I've got my little brother on the show. And we don't ever get to talk shop. We're normally talking family or kids or nieces and nephews and all that good stuff. And so I'm super excited. We actually get to sit down and talk shop and just enjoy a good conversation. And we recorded it. And so I hope that you enjoy it. Um, but before I get into the show, uh, I got to remind you about my awesome sponsor over at Canopy Connect. They're your one-click solution for expediting the quote process for uh, improving your onboarding experience and just for making things that much easier for your agency to get a quote. No more of the back and forth hassle of trying to collect deck pages and get VIN numbers and all that good stuff. This is your one-click solution. If you want more information, go to app.usecanopy.com backslash my name Heath. So that's app.usecanopy.com usecanopy.com backslash Heath to get all the information that you need, get a demo, get a discount, and meet my boy Tolga. He's such a cool guy. So back to the show. I'm going to get out of the way, sit back, relax. He works for Scottish American. He's been on the captive side, the independent side. He's been an agent. He's been a company rep, and now he's an underwriter for Scottish. Relax and enjoy my conversation with Mr. Chase Sheeran. Chase Sharon, what's happening, brother? What's up, dog? How are you? Man, I'm good. Insurance town. I'm actually talking to my actual brother. I call everybody brother, but you're my brother. I'm so the real thing. I'm the real deal. All blood. We, we've we taken baths together. True story. True story. I think we, he we, pooped we, in the we, bath. We may have to edit that part out. We may have <laughs> really? Why? Why do we got to edit that out? <laughs> Leave that in. We'll you pooped on me in the bathtub. Oh, come on now. Uh, don't be ruining <laughs> my credibility already. Oh. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is my little brother, Chase right. Sheeran. Yeah, yeah, good to in see you. In the flesh. Man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, he'll be at my house next week for Thanksgiving. That's, that's Actually, you won't be, will you? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what the story is there yet. I don't know what we're doing. So, you know, this yeah. whole COVID thing's, you know, ruining stuff. So. Yeah, it is. Uh, I saw you got a huge, huge jug of water back there. You you working on the weight thing right now? What's going on? Uh, I got a little bit of a kidney issue. Had some kidney stones and, um, you know, got to hydrate. And, yeah, I'm doing a little bit of running. So trying to keep the water down and stuff like that, man. Just trying to stay healthy a little bit. Are you – let me ask you this. I'm going to go straight into podcast mode before we even get into your history. I want to know, is that something that helps you, like a routine thing for you? Like you have to run that like helps you with the rest of your day? Is it yeah, running just to help you with weight? Well, it's a little bit of both. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It is something that I enjoy doing. You know, I run with Hunter, our friend, but I like to get up. I like a schedule now, especially, you know, with kids and all that kind of stuff. So I get up, take them to school. I go run. It's just a good way to start off the day. Um, and it, I don't know, it gives me energy for the day and all that good stuff. So, yeah, man, especially during these times, it makes you feel alive. You know, if you can run four or six miles, you just feel good about yourself at the end of it, you know, during especially during COVID season and stuff like that. It makes, you know, I, I just feel like a better person when I get a little bit of exercise in. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, for those – we're going to get into memory lane – but for those who don't know, if he doesn't bring this up, Chase used to be a big old boy. And so oh, it's good fat. to see you just working that off. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say fat. I mean, <laughs> you were just a big boy. You were a big boy. But yeah. uh, I still am. I'm just not it. as big. I'm just not as big. We're, but I'm still, still big. We're just, we're just wide. We're just wide bodies. I mean, Too we can't wide. help that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But all right. <laughs> so why don't you take my audience down memory lane and let's talk about you. Let's go as far back as you want to. I know you. But I want to hear from Chase Sharon's perspective. Talk to me. Uh, where are we going back? I mean, we're going back all the way to where I was born, or are we going to you do go back? Maybe? You go back as far as you want to. You can go I back mean, to elementary. You can go back to high school. You can go to college. You can go to your insurance career start. Wherever you want to start. We'll start uh, 1982, December 1st. My birthday's around the corner, so remember that. Um, 1982, uh, Gallatin, Tennessee. I was born, lived there for a few years, and we moved to Maplewood, which is, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think just like the perfect all-American neighborhood that we grew up in. 
I mean, capture the flag, wiffle ball, whatever else we did. I think it was just, it was awesome. The pool and all that good stuff. And I don't know, that was just a great time. And then when I was 10, I guess you would have been 13, we moved to Atlanta, which I could erase Atlanta from my memory altogether. I mean, really. But, I mean, I wasn't a huge Yeah, I would completely agree with that. I just, I don't, I don't remember much about Atlanta. I don't really care. It was a short stint in our life. <laughs> it was exactly one year, one year that we lived there, man. It wasn't, I don't know. It just wasn't the most pleasant place. Uh, I hate to say that for anybody who's from Atlanta, maybe listening, but we, I mean, it was, it was fine. It just, the people there, I remember like, uh, you know, it just wasn't very homey, I guess you could say for us. Would you agree? We had a nice house. <laughs> we had a great house. We had a great house. You know, I look back at that house and I think it just sold for like a half a million dollars or some crap. I know. It was a, it was a great house, but I just, I, uh, I remember there was a kid down the street that I used to, um, Go down and jump off his trampoline and dunk the basketball with him. Yeah, uh, Jay, totally I think forgot his name. the kid's name, but I remember him. Do you remember Aaron, the bully who used to bully me all the time? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, That's I one do reason. remember that. Aaron, he God, was, if I ever, he, man, he picked on me all. If I ever see that guy, I probably won't do anything. But you know what I mean. He was, <laughs> he was awful. We're, we're lovers, not fighters. Yeah, I mean, I would probably give him a stern talking to about all the stuff he did. A good stern talking to probably do the trick. All right. That's right. So from there, we moved to to where? To we, tell we, about moved where we moved to Mommel. Mommel, I guess I was in fifth grade. I was in fifth, middle of fifth grade year. And, um, you know, we grew up there. I went to, uh, so we both went to CAC, which was, um, I mean, just, it was just a great upbringing. And in my opinion, I mean, I don't know from, I mean, I would guess that you would say the same thing, correct? Yeah. I mean, I had a different experience in high school than you did. Uh, let's just go ahead and be real. You were kind of a big man on campus. Uh, Listen, I, I was um, waiting for you to say You did the football. I wanted you to say. No, you you definitely were more of the big man on campus. Not that I was a dork. I just, I would say that you had more of the big man on campus thing. You were, you know, the football guy and, you know, it was, it was your thing. I was, I was a couple of years ahead of you. I did the basketball thing and basketball wasn't as cool as football back then, but uh, we held our own. We were cool, but uh, no, you had a ton of friends in high school, kind of ran the school. I was already gone by that point, but. I always heard the legend of Chase Sheerans. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you left when I was in ninth grade, so we really didn't know each other, I feel like, from like ninth grade until later on in our 20s, wouldn't you say? I mean, like I would see you come home, you came home for like Christmas and Thanksgiving stuff. Of course, you went to OBU, but I don't really remember like us really hanging out at that time, like really. I mean, it was just kind of like you were, you, I knew you were there or whatever, but we weren't really like friends at that point. Cause you were just, I mean, no. three years, three years back then seemed like forever. So three years apart from each other seemed like, you know, you were, you might as well have been like 50 years old at that point. I mean, it was just that time frame. So we didn't share the same friends, really. We didn't run in the same circles, but yeah, I mean, the high school and all that stuff was, was wonderful. I mean, we, um, yeah, played football and did the whole thing i got into a little trouble i guess here and there i was um class clown which i still hold dear to my heart um you know it was it was fun and maumelle was great it was a great place to be and i know you know you still live there so it's um mom and dad still live there and it's just it's wonderful i love it i think i was enrolled at u of a for three semesters and you know needless to say i didn't make it uh you know i did Lee, I don't know really how to put this, but I guess I'll just say it. I, I, I partied too hard, I think, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So that wasn't, you know, good either. So, yeah, I mean, put those two things together and um, it's a recipe for disaster. So I came home and when I came home, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went and worked at a, um, a place called Methodist Family Health for like at-risk youth, which, which was really incredible. It was a great place to be. I loved it. Um, and that's where I met my wife, Hannah, as you know, your sister-in-law. She, not, she wasn't a resident there. She was working there. She was getting her, um, she was getting her uh, uh, master's degree and doing her internship there. So, And I was a behavioral instructor, and I worked there for three years. Anyway, she was there, and we met. And then from there, um, I, I was like, well, I'm tired of, like, you know, kids trying to stab me with crayons every day. So, I mean, I don't think this is a good, really a good career path. 
that I should be taking. And I always knew, I mean, because our, you know, dad's in it and all that stuff, always knew way back when is that I didn't know really what I wanted to do, but I knew that people is, it was, was going to be there somehow. I knew that I was good with people and I love people and I love meeting new people and, and, you know, just having a good time and all that good stuff. So I knew somehow that would be in the equation. So when, after I did the, the behavioral instructor thing and I was like, well, I knew that insurance could always kind of be there. Now, I didn't really know much about insurance. I knew dad was in it. And I think at the time you were, you were repping for men, maybe. Um, but I was like, well, I need to figure out something else to do. So in the, you know, I went to go work for a state farm agent there in, um, in Maumelle. And I've, I figured out pretty quickly that, you know, after, and it was, it was a fine place to work. It was great, but you know, I was, Hannah and I had just gotten married and I wasn't, it wasn't what I, what I wanted. I mean, it just, it didn't, it didn't hold my attention. It was just kind of like, and plus I was young and I mean, I was 25 at the time. But I was like, well, I still, I'm still just going to try to figure out what I'm going to do. So I stayed there for about six to eight months, something like that. And then I left and I went to go work at Polarm Liquor, which, um, you know, it was just kind of like a stop just to like, I figured out what I want to do. I mean, I know I need to work. Hannah and I just got married and, you know, I was making like $7 an hour and all that good stuff, which is fine. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I worked there and then for a while, I mean, I worked there with, with Hans, our, our old brother-in-law who, who I love, who I loved. Um, but anyway, um, so I heard that um, there was like a t-shirt place there in Maumelle, and I heard that they were hiring, and I could get 50 cents more to go over there. And I was like, oh, yeah, that'll be awesome. I'll just I'll go over there for 50 cents more. And so I went over there, and I started working in a warehouse. And if people don't know the Sharon's, manual labor is not really our thing. Like, I was just, you know. No. Sure. No, not at all. We're not, we're not those people. And, it, you know, and, and working in a hot warehouse all summer and doing stuff like that. So yeah, man, I mean, Hannah was, you know, she was good, doing good in her career. You know, she's a social worker and she was doing good. And I was working here for like, I don't know, $8 an hour and whatever. But I was just, I was kind of, I was just kind of bummed. I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I was applying a lot of places and I just didn't know. I didn't know really what I was going to do. And plus I didn't have a college degree. So I was like, well, you you know, uh, the cards are kind of stacked against me. Um, I'm just going to have to figure out something. I have to figure out something to do. So at that time, um, luckily, you were helping me as well. And we met the wonderful, you knew the wonderful Jennifer Peoples. Um, and Jennifer Peoples, if she's listening, is just, she's she's amazing. She's amazing, but she worked at Star Casualty. And I remember I went on the, you know, you 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 kind of set up the interview, didn't you? You you talked to her about me. And so I went to the interview and I'll never forget it was at Little Rock Airport. And I was sitting with her and I know she had interviewed several people and I kind of told her everything that listen, I don't have a college degree, blah, 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 blah. And I just, you know, whatever. And I just I laid it all out there for her. And she called me about two weeks later, I think it was, or a week or something. And she offered, she said, Hey, she told me that I got the job for a marketing rep with Star casually and that she, they were going to be paying me $30,000 a year. I thought I was rich. I thought I had struck gold. I was like, 30000 I don't think I heard you right. Did you just say $30,000 a year? And I remember calling Hannah and um, I was just screaming. I was like, "We, I've done it. I've arrived. We're here. 30 grand plus a car plus a phone. This is it. We got it. And then, um, but anyway, I, and and I asked her later. I was like, "Hey, I know you. You know, you interviewed a lot of people and and stuff like that. And and you know, I just asked her why. I think um, like a year or so later, I asked her why she why I was chosen or whatever. And she said that she could tell that that I really really wanted it. So basically, meaning I went in there desperate. And um, you know, well, I think. She could hear the passion and the excitement for a new career change and something new for you, probably. And sure, that's something yeah. that we Sharons do have. We, yeah. We're not very good with our hands, but we do have a lot of passion and we have a lot of energy and we have a lot of drive. And so she I could mean, probably hear that in you. 
Absolutely. And I knew, I knew once I got my foot in the door and I, I could, I could excel, I could go. I mean, just get somebody give me a shot and I'll love Jennifer Peoples forever because she gave me that shot. She said, okay, here you go. And, and, and I did, and you know, I, we did great. And I, I, I worked hard. I mean, you know, it goes back to, I'll probably say this a few times, you can teach anybody insurance or the product or whatever, but you can't teach work ethic. And and I, I went out and I, I did what I was supposed to do and we grew like crazy. And it was just, it was a wonderful time in my life professionally um, because she was, she was wonderful and the company was good and, and all this kind of stuff. And I was just, I was excited. I was really excited to finally have the opportunity opportunity after however long of not knowing what was going to happen and she opened that door for me and i took it and ran and then well no um, let me stop you there for a minute yeah go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no no you're good at star casually what would you say was the key to your success there because i know i was right there beside you with you and you had your office set up at your home and you're out seeing agents and you were you were growing. You were showing me the numbers. And back then, I was more commercial, and you were doing personal, and you were teaching me a lot there on that. What right. do you think was your key to that? What was that thing well, every day that you know made you more successful? Well, I mean, I guess coming from a place that I had previously come from, and just being. And I don't want to put it down like working at a liquor store or at wherever is a bad thing because it's not. But I just wasn't making a lot of money, and coming from that. Just right before I came over there, uh, I mean, I was hungry. I was really hungry and I was ready to, I was ready to show everybody that I could do it and that, you know, it was, it was my time and here we go. And I was, I was willing to stop at nothing to, and I mean, it didn't help. I mean, it didn't hurt that the the rates were great too with Star Casualty, but I knew that. I mean, at that time they were, but I knew if I could just meet meet all the agents and get in the agencies and introduce myself and show them, you know, I, I learned the product and I learned, I did the uh, the webinars and all this training stuff. I would I would hold for the agents and I knew if I could just learn the product and get in there, then I could do it. And that's what it was. That was kind of like, it just, it, it opened up my eyes and, you know, and I was just, I was ready to go. I was ready to have a career, get moving, get going. And and that was it. And plus, I'll say it again, I've said her name several times, but Jennifer helped me a lot during the, along the way in those three years. She was great with that. So, yeah. You know, I think one of the things you and I always talk about is, um, you know, we make the joke that, you know, we don't have the greatest of looks, but we're nothing without our personality. Uh, and I think that... <laughs> You know, I think that's something that's driven me and you and our dad uh, as far as our success goes, because we're not afraid to meet a stranger or build that relationship or network or walk in a room and just own a room. And I think that's a big key from my perspective as your big brother. And I'm proud of you. I don't want to get weird, but I am because I feel like you have that special sauce. When you walk into a room, people know the chase is in the room. And you have that ability to build relationships. Would you agree with that? Well, it, it, you know, it's kind of weird to say yes, because I'm just talking myself up. But yes, I mean, I, I, I like to, I love, and I know it's been said so many times, but it's the truth. I mean, meeting different people um, is is the best part about what we do and, and helping people and getting to know people and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just, that's what drives me. I mean, that's one of the things that drives me is just knowing that I can do, I can go into a room and I may be nervous and, but I can, I can kind of go in and I immediately go to jokes Uh, That's just who I am. So, or I'll do relatable things like, you know, in Arkansas, there's, you know, there's a bunch of fishing stuff around the room or whatever. If you go into an agency and I'll look at a, and then I'll go to, well, my brothers and I, we go fishing every year in Calico. And then that strikes up a great conversation about fishing or there'll be hunting stuff all over the walls. We don't hunt, but I'll go into something about how we don't hunt. We grew up not hunting or, you know, you just kind of make a connection with people on different levels with their interest or whatever, and you can connect anything. So, yeah, man, I mean, I love, I love that we have that, that I think it's carried us a long way that we can connect with people. And um, yeah, like I said, you can teach anybody the product, the insurance, any, anything like that, but you really can't, I mean, you really can't teach the personality. 
and just the the work ethic and getting in there and just having the want to. And if you don't have the want to, you don't have anything. So, I mean, anyway, so yeah. Okay. So I interrupted your story. So from, from star, you ended up moving on to another, another place. And where did you end up from there? Oh, from Star Casualty, I went to Med James. Uh, Med James with um, Tammy and John and all them. It was uh, it was a wonderful place. I left Star. I mean, it doesn't matter why I left, but I, I left them just for a better opportunity. And I went over to Med James to be their marketing rep, and it was it was just it was wonderful. Uh, it was it was a good place to be. Um, I learned the ENS world, um, and yeah, I just I got out. I got to see pretty much a whole different agent base because it, we were on commercial now, and I wasn't dealing with personal lines agents. So it opened up a, a whole new um, agents that I haven't met before. So that was great. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's where I went. And I was there from 2012 until 2017 until we moved over to Scottish American. And so that was kind of a, an interesting move because the whole team left. That's I say right. the whole team. But a large <laughs> majority of the team left from Med James to Scottish American. That's right. um, and we don't have to talk anything about why or the differences or whatever. I don't want to get into any of that. Cause well, that I can James... tell you, I can tell you why I personally went. I mean, okay. do you want that or. Yeah. You, you go, this is your story. my man. <laughs> well, I personally left because at med, which let me just say they're great people and I love them dearly. And you know, them like I know them. And um, it was, it was a great place to work and is, I'm sure. But I was getting to a point where I was just marketing and I wanted more, man. I wanted more in my holster. I wanted more to carry around with me through the rest of my career. It's the old saying, I guess I'll steal it from, from Dax Shepard. What gets you into the party is not always what keeps you at the party. So personality gets you in, but I needed more to keep me there. And so I wanted to learn more about the why, and I wanted to learn how to um, to underwrite or understand it more. And I was I was itching inside. I was I was eager, and I I, I wanted it so bad. And I remember I went to um, I went to Tammy, and uh, you know I told her my feelings on this, and she said okay. And so anyway, flash flash forward, fast forward. Sorry, um, a couple months. This whole thing with Scott. Scottish came about. And to me, there it was like, hey, you're going to come over to Scottish. You know, this is what this is what the plan was laid out to me. You're coming over to Scottish American. And with this, you know, they don't believe in marketing reps, but you're going to learn how to produce. You'll be a marketing rep the first year. And then you'll learn how to underwrite and all that good stuff. So I, and, and plus, you know, along with some other stuff, it, the, the, the deal was good. Um, and, but so ultimately I ended up going over to Scottish and uh, the first year I was there, by the way, I was told at med that I wouldn't be able to underwrite, that they didn't believe in underwriting and, and marketing, putting those two together. So I knew that the opportunity wasn't going to be there. So I moved over and I just, I wanted to learn it. I wanted it in my holster. That way I could have marketing, underwriting. And even if I ever went back to just being a marketing rep, I would know more about, you know, the whys and the coverages and all that good stuff. So went over to Scottish for the first year as a marketing rep, just trying to get business in the door. That was it. Let's get revenue in the door and let's build this thing. So I did that. And then the whole time I was doing that, I was kind of training. Um, I sat in the office with, bless their hearts, John Mancleave and Jason Pollard. I'm going to shout them out. And I asked them a billion questions a day, a billion. And these are on the times that I wasn't out traveling. And then, um, so I would ask him so many questions and they were so patient with me and they would sit and, you know, spend a lot of time with me and all that good stuff. But I, I was getting what I wanted, what I came for. I was like, okay, here we go. And so off I went. And after a year, there's a, there's a board um, called Bind HQ board at Scottish American that whenever you become a full-time producer that you go up on and it's, it's, it's your whole team and it shows app count, um, revenue, 
your goals, your, I mean, what you've written for the day. And we do it all about revenue. So, and it makes it very competitive. And and I went up on that board and that's when the real, you know, I guess pressure start, but fun started too. So, and from there, man, I've been on the board, um, the Bind HQ board for several years now. And um, it's been wonderful. It's been great. So is that something for you that you like? Do you like that transparency and do you like that? that they put that all your numbers on the board. You can't hide from anything. Like you said, it, it creates an av- uh, create, it creates a competition level and it creates this. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide. Is that something that you think, you know, drives you every day? Man, yeah, it, it does create competition. It's friendly with other people, but it mainly creates competition within yourself because you just want to beat what you did that month last year. Like I just want to be, or you just want to, you know, you see your goals, you just want to get to that goal. So it creates a great competition within yourself. And if you don't like it, it's just, it's really too bad because it's there. It's designed for people who want to go after it and they're, they're hungry and they need it. So we look at it every day and we refresh the board and we, you know, anytime something binds, it's instant gratification. We, it comes up on the board. We send it over to somebody, they bind it. And then you can see it. You can see your numbers that day. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of pressure, but it's a lot of fun to, I mean, just to be able to have it right in front of your face. And I I would say, yes, I mean, I I do like it because I check it all the time. So, yeah, I do. And it creates, it it makes me want to go out and, and, and catch the fish or go on the hunt. You want to go, I mean, you call a new agent and you get them on the phone and you're talking to them and they send you that submission. That's a little hit of dopamine right there. They, they bond the account with you. That's a big one. You're like a new agent just bound this with me. And it's, it's very exciting. It's a rush. And at the end of the month, you're like, ah, oh, I did all I can do. This is where I'm at. And just seeing it on the board, just, it makes a big difference. I think I've never underwritten another way though, but from what I understand from other underwriters I've talked to, it's a lot more fun this way. Um, but you know, there. You know, people to each their own. People probably may like it other ways. So, well, you said something that's interesting to me that I, I didn't think about. You know, I've known you for how? What are you, thirty-eight now? No, I'll be <laughs> thirty-eight almost. December first. My present that's, better be in the mail, by the way. Oh, it's already in the mail. Don't worry about it. All right, but you know, thirty-eight years. I would have never thought that about you. I thought that was interesting. You said it created competition more within yourself than it that's did right. with your other underwriters. I think that's interesting that you say that. Do you think that that's true for, you know, your other underwriters in the office? Is that just something within yourself or how's that work? Cause I would be I more competitive than other people. I think it's true for everybody in the office. I mean, everybody just wants to, I mean, your biggest competition, even in life, I would say, and not to get too, you know, weird about this, but it is yourself. It's who you see in the mirror. So the guys that I work with and Tammy and everybody, we all just want to see each other do great. I mean, like if, 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 if Pollard or John or Tammy has a great day, that just helps our office. We're like, man, that's awesome. Now, we like to mess with each other, especially me and John. You know, we'll be like, hey, man, you suck today, you know, or something like that. Just mess with her. You're like, dude, you're, you're a huge loser today. What are you doing? And he does it to me, and we, we like to mess with each other. But in reality, we just like to see each other do well. And I mean, it is friendly competition, but the biggest one is the one with yourself and you're just trying to beat what you did before and, and that's it. And it's, it, it's great. It really is. And man, look at you. I, I like that. I think it, it's not getting weird. I think that's good advice. Are you sure you know, the, the, biggest... whole, the whole competition with yourself and life? No, that was, that, was, that was gold. Is that gold all right? Is that good? All right. I just, no. I just, yeah. All right. I mean, I think it was, it was coined by Michael Jackson and man in the mirror, but. Oh, don't worry I, about that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I do think it was good <laughs> because I think there's a lot of people right now, especially agencies that you and I call on every day. They have that, that, um, that board, or they have that competition within their agency. And too many people look at us, you know, competition with the guy next door. When really, I like the team mentality you talked about of wanting each other to do well, but then also that competition within yourself. Cause I'm yeah. more of the type of personality that if I was in that office, you'd be my biggest enemy. And so would John and so would Jason. <laughs> and that may make me a, a very bad teammate, but at the same time, I'd want to kick your ass and John's and Jason's <laughs> because that's just the way I'm wired. I'm a, more well, of a competition in that, but I think that's cool the way you said that. 
Well, I also can't really uh, compare myself to them. It's different because, one, I'm newer at doing this. I mean, I only got like, what, three years under my belt doing this. They all have a lot longer. John is mostly transportation and garage. I mean, Jason Pollard is just, I mean, he's amazing. And and, and Tammy is too. And they've been doing it a long time. So I try not to compare with anybody in that sense because I know that they got a lot more years under their belt. And they've been doing this a lot longer. So I just want to, I just want to grow within myself. That's it. And, you know, I, I want to learn more. I mean, each day that I learn something new, God, this has been said somewhere before I know, but is a, is a good day. If I learn something that I didn't learn or didn't know yesterday or the day before, I feel like that's a win. I mean, if I reach back, I mean, Jason Pollard sits right behind me and I ask him questions all the time and bless his heart. He's so patient with me, but he, I'll ask him a question and he'll explain it to me for a while. And, and I, that there's a lot of value in that because that I, I love that. I love getting the whys and why does this happen? But yeah, man, it's great. It is, but it is friendly competition. It is. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now I would say, okay. So, um, you know, within that competition, within that, do you feel like um, you still okay? So, being an underwriter with a broker, agents have this mentality. At least when I was an agent, that uh, brokers or MGAs they're not really underwriters. You're just passing that off. Right. Debunk that a little bit. Defend yourself on that a little bit because agents that are listening, they may feel the same way. Or, well, we'll get to another question here in a minute. But I want you to answer. I mean, like, what does well, make you? How does that work for you? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I used to kind of think the same way. I mean, I'd be like, well, the agent just sends it to the broker. The broker just sends it out, which is completely not true. It is true in some instances, but we hold the, the pen, I guess you could say, in a lot of cases. We have underwriting authority with several markets called our binding markets. And as long as it's, you know, if it, if it gets over a certain building limit or if it gets too heavy on GL or whatever, yes, we do have to broker it out. And then from there, they kind of take it. But if it's in within our authority... And by the way, we have to read and know, uh, you know, several different underwriting guidelines that we have to follow. And if, but if it's in, if it's if it's within these authorities, then yes, we hold the pen and we can write it, bind it, all that stuff right there. And we have to know it too. I mean, yes, we 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 do have to send stuff off, but we do do a lot in house. I call it in house with our binding markets all the time. I mean, more than we broker stuff out. So yeah. But well, a lot of things, and you've kind of helped me with this, and so has Tammy and John and other brokers I've talked to. But as we all know, this game of insurance is all about relationships. And so you've sure. got relationships built up with all those carriers, not only the agents, but also those carriers you talk to. And you I always tell people that you're, and when I was an agent, I'm not just selling you as an account. I'm also selling the account to the underwriter. And yeah. so that's got to be a lot of what you do as well. You probably feel the same pressure that a producer feels when that submission comes in the door, because you've got to sell it to the underwriter. Yes. And that goes back to, you know, or I'm just going to say that information is key. The more information we have, the better and more efficient and, and, you know, the better it is for us and for the underwriter that we're trying to sell it to. We need to know exactly what's going on. That's why like on Accord Forums, the description of operations is key. Let's know exactly what's going on here. And when we have to send it out, otherwise they're going to ask a question and then we become the true middleman. Then we got to copy and paste their question to the agent, copy and paste. And we go back and forth when, if you just upfront, just tell us exactly what they're doing, whether it's the occupancy of the building or whatever's going on, just be thorough, let us know. And that way, you know, not only will you make, it may determine a better rate or whatever, but you'll get it back a lot faster if you do the work on the front end. Well, I was going to be one of my other questions. You're stealing my thunder here, but I love it. So one of my questions I want to know, um, and you think we've, you've been doing this long enough. We should talk about this more often, but usually we're talking about kids and dad and mom and whatever else. But I find this fascinating. If it sucks as a podcast, people will let me know, but I think it's interesting. (laughs) So when I was an agent at I trust, um, I always had the hardest time because I'd always want to get to the top of the pile. And I felt like all of you MGAs had your favorites and you had your top of the pile people, but there's probably a reason for that. And is there any truth to that? And what is that? How can I get my stuff to the top of the pile? 
Well, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of truth in that. I mean, your top agents obviously go to the top of the pile. I mean, the ones that bind the, you know, the great, yeah, the bind ratio, the submission count, all that good stuff, they get moved to the top. If I get a submission from somebody and I get a submission from her or them every week, but she never binds ever. I know that I'm not her only go-to or, or him or whoever. I know that they are just shotgunning it out to everybody. And I will, I'm going to still do my job and get them a quote. But at that same time, if my number one agent even comes in like two hours later and with the submission, boom, I'm, I'm handling that first because you're my number one agent. I mean, so you got to prioritize that way. And I've tried to do good in replying to everybody as fast as possible and just making sure that they get an answer or response, good, bad, or ugly, no matter what it is. If it's a good quote, it's a, a declination, which I hate declining people because I'm a yes man. And it just, it still drives me nuts, but it's necessary. You have to do it. Um, and just, but I hate, I mean, I'm kind of getting off on a, on a tangent here, but yes, you do get moved up to the top of the pile, you know, for, for being, for loyalty. And not everybody, you should have, a couple of brokers in your back pocket. Everybody should. That's just for good measure. But I, we can sense when you're just blasting it out to everybody. And that does nobody any good. That really just blocks markets and then waste time and all that good stuff. If you send to me and I'm going to do my best, I mean, every time to get you a good quote and, and, and a, in a timely manner. So, yeah, I mean, it goes back to relationships. And, you know, if you're if you're, if you're, if you're, I mean, I, I got some agents who don't send me a ton, but when they do, it binds, they get moved up to the top too, because I know that they're just, Hey, they, they maybe they just don't do a lot of commercial, but when they do, I get first look or whatever. So, I mean, we know that people have relationships elsewhere and that's great. I mean, all the brokers around are just, they're great. I mean, but we either have, you know, we have, we pretty much all have not the same markets, but different markets that do the same thing for the most part. So, you know, let's not waste each other's time. If you, I would rather you just not send it than to shotgun it to me and just never bind anything, especially when I've been getting you great quotes for however long and you're just not, you're just not binding with me. I know you're going somewhere else. And we, we know when that's going on. So yeah, man, it's all about loyalty. And so going back to the loyalty piece, as well as what you said earlier, which I think was good stuff to say a completed app, a completed yes. accord that yes. declaration that, um, Description of operations, is that something that'll get you moved to the top of the pile? A hundred percent. I mean, granted, we can quote if it's something small or, you know, a small contractor or a, a small building or whatever. We can we can do that in the body of an email. We just need the right information. But if it's something heavy, uh, you know, a, a big building and they're doing something crazy in the building or some kind of machine shop or something like that, we're going to need we're going to need more details about what's going on inside the building or if it's a, a big GC with a lot of sales and uh, or a big contract or whatever it is. And we need to know these things. Um, yeah. And so apps is a huge thing. It's a huge thing because I know that at least you have completed apps and that'll save me a lot of time as well. Does that, you know, you don't have to like do a bunch of emails back and forth. You don't have to call. You don't have to do all this stuff. You know, you just have it. There it is. And usually a quote, if I can do it in house, it's a day. I mean, it's less. I mean, it's a couple hours turnaround. And I think my agents who work with me can vouch for that, that if I can do it here, then I'm, I'm pretty fast and efficient at getting them what they need quickly. And um, but anyway, but yeah, there you go. Ah, my brother. So, OK, <laughs> I think that's awesome. Uh, and some of the stuff I'm interested in. So surely if I am, other people are too across there listening. So, um, so the submissions, the loyalty. Now, the other thing that used to drive me crazy about, you know, the whole theory of what an MGA was or a broker was, I always had this theory or people would tell me, you just get the bottom drawer stuff or you just get the stuff that nobody else wants. Do you see a lot of that or do you see another value for brokers or for MGAs for an agency outside of just your bottom drawer stuff that your 
standard markets won't take. I mean, yes. I mean, we can tell when it is definitely a bottom drawer thing. I guess our definition of bottom drawer would be different. I can tell if somebody sends me something just absolutely crazy, like a dynamite manufacturer. I know that there are other people didn't want it. So they sent it to me and, and I haven't heard from this person in like a year. That's kind of what we would consider. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a need for what we do. I mean, whenever, yeah, your standard business or your standard lines or whoever it is won't take something i mean won't take a contractor that's a new venture or has uh, losses or whatever or a building with a few losses or that's whatever a good example yeah whatever the case may be we can pick that up and we can help in in most cases now we can't write like a i don't know like a burnt down building like half burnt or whatever you get it but I mean, no, no, I agree. Go ahead. I completely agree. The other thing I was going to say right now that I've heard you guys talk about, and it's it's a national deal. Uh, hotels, yeah. You know, a lot yeah. of your standard markets loved hotels. Now they don't so much, especially right, with right. pandemic. And so that's where are, you could step in. That is where I can step in. Um, those are hard right now across the board, though. I'll tell say that, but we do have some carriers that are still taking them. So we do have, you know, that outlet to go to. I mean, I usually when somebody calls me and asks me for a hotel, I know the questions to ask. I ask them this. And if, it, if I think it'll fit, I, I basically have two or three right now that are doing them. But it's just that's such a hard a hard one to do right now. It's it's ridiculous. But yes, you're right. A lot of the standard markets aren't they aren't taking them. They're, it's such a hard thing. So So what what value would you say that you as a broker, specifically you, or just take it as a whole, as an MGA or a broker can add to an agency outside of just taking that bottom drawer stuff that the direct markets won't take. What else is the value that you feel like you guys add? Well, I mean, there's 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 always learning involved in this. So like if sometimes a value that I, I personally, I would say that I would give, and I think there's a lot of value in this, but sometimes there's, there's new CSRs or new producers or whatever that come onto an agency and they don't really know. They're still learning and they're still learning how to do apps and sub apps and all this stuff that, you know, that we do every day that maybe their uh, principal hasn't had time to, to teach them. And I do this all the time. We, I will call them and walk them through it. I've gone to an agency and sat down with them and said, here's what you need. Here's quote sheets for you that you can use in your agency, all you got to do is put this down, send it over to me. And I can teach them those kind of things where, yeah, like maybe there's no time in the um, in the agency, not saying that, you know, that's just something that I like to do because people have done it for me and everybody has had it done for them who's in this business. Somebody's always helped you out. And so I try to help people out that way. And it does make my job easier. We go back to the apps thing. I mean, it, you know, if they if they know how to do this kind of stuff, I mean, not only send it to me, but wherever they go, decide to go with it, they'll have that. So, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's one thing. And, that, you know, I think other things like, I mean, are you talking about like service wise? I mean, not besides that, but just like getting back well, it to goes. Go ahead. Well, that's all those things, but it goes back to before we even hit record, you and I were just having a normal conversation. You were telling me, you know, I got a new agent that called me and I'm trying to get them to send stuff to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, I, and I asked you, you know, what makes you different from all the other brokers out there? And you said to me. Yeah. I mean, you have to have the you have to have the want to and you have to. I mean, a lot of people just kind of do this for just to just to do it and you have to get up and you have to say okay and you have to have something to to fight for i think i mean i guess in my case i mean we'll go back to like family for a minute the reason i do everything i do and and i work late nights or weekends when i have to or you know just get back to people on time and do everything that I do. It all goes back really to my family. I mean, I get up and I do all this stuff for Bo Crosby and Hannah and I put my feet on the floor and I go to work and, uh, and I make sure I get it done just for a better future for them. And, and I just, and not to, you know, I just want, I want everything for them. So yeah, there has to be like a drive there 
I want to. And you, yes, you cannot. If I was doing some hiring, I would always look at the personality first. Always. A hundred percent. I don't care if you graduated college. That means nothing to me. Nothing. I don't care if you are the smartest person in the room or whatever. If you're in a producing a sales role, you have to have that personality first. That doesn't mean being like the funniest person or whatever, but you need to know how to talk to people. Look them in the eye. You cannot teach that. If they don't already have that, you can't go to somebody like, let me teach you how to shake somebody's hand, look them in the eye, or, you know, just connect with people. You cannot do that. I feel like, you know, as much as you could say you can't teach somebody that, I feel like a lot of that was influenced by our father. Um, And I don't want to get weird about our dad. But (laughs) I will say, um, growing up with an insurance salesman in our family from the time he was, what, 20 years old, he's 77 now. You know, he's still landing accounts and he's still selling every day. I feel like that was somewhat ingrained in us watching him and seeing him and hearing him tell these things of, you know, what is it? Plan your work and or plan, <laughs> plan your thing? work and work your plan. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's stuff like that. You can tell I really remembered that, but yeah, um, yeah. you know, there's things like that. I feel like we did have ingrained in us. And I feel like for me personally, and I'd love to hear your side of it. We'll go back to dad for a minute, but for me, I didn't realize how much value dad had in my life until I got in my thirties and forties and all the things right. he used to tell us. And we used to, you know, think it was probably cheesy, but what kind of impact did dad have on you, you know, from that growing up? Well, I mean, yeah, I told somebody the other day, I mean, most of the time when I would see dad, the images I have of him of, of when I was growing up really was either in a suit or in his running clothes. He was like either doing one or the other. So, I mean, but yeah, just getting, just watching him because you're not going to learn from your parents really by the things they say, you'll learn by watching them. And I think about that with my boys. They, they can, they'll probably won't listen to me half the time, but they're watching me all the time. And they're going to know things that I do and that I don't do. Like just being courteous to people on the street and stuff like that. I mean, but dad always had that. Just watching him not ever give up. And not ever, not that he had that, but not ever waver. I mean, he was always, his his head was always down and he was going to work. He was a great provider. He was always there for us. And um, he was just, yes, that was ingrained in me and you too. Just, just watching him as we grew up all the time and seeing him, he would always, yeah, all the little lesson, like, Get up! You gotta get up and put the pipes on the truck and go to work every morning. Those little, yeah, that one. Drive yeah. the field, yeah, yeah, little stuff like that, and just watching him, yeah, do this kind of stuff. Or you know, and I, I still do things to this day. Like I'm like, oh, I'm turning into dad. Just dumb stuff. Like if I step in grease, you remember how you'd always say before you get in the car, don't step in the grease. You know? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'll dodge the grease before I get in my car. I'll dodge like a grease puddle or whatever. I'm like, I'm turning into him. So like, yeah, just from watching him do all these things. And like, he's always talking about how you always have to have your shoes shine and your car clean. And I'm and now I'm constantly, I try to get my car as clean as possible all the time. It's like, people look at that all the time. So, and yeah, just him getting up and going to work. And and he always had like, he always had a plan. Dad always still to this day has a plan, a project, something that he's working on. He just got done with this book. And, and that is, you're probably more like dad than I am. I think I'm more like mom. I think a lot of people. See, I always say the same thing. I always say you're more like dad than I am, but you know, I always just tell people, you know, even on the podcast, Dad's kind of got that gangster mentality. He's always, you know, grinding. He's always trying to get the next hustle. And the he's next a hustler. Thing. He's a hustler. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And he made and, it. I mean, we're not, you know, if anything, we, we do have that. We have, you know, and, and we'll talk about mom for a minute. We know mom's got a great personality. I mean, she's always in the mix on stuff. And then, you know, with dad's hustle. And they both, I think, have taught us a lot about about that and about how to navigate going forward. And I still think about, you know, even like with parenthood, I keep going back to, you know, being parents, but now that I'm a parent, I feel like I'm, I'm living. I I think about when they were our age raising us at this time. And I put myself in their shoes and it makes me look at them in a whole different light. Like all the stuff that they had to go through that we're now going through. And it's just, it's crazy, but they, 
you know, I know we've kind of gone off here a little bit, but I think that they've done an excellent job of just just really just being great teachers and leaders for us. I mean, I I, I would hope you'd say the same thing. Yeah. No, I, I definitely would. And not that, listen, think, not that we're perfect. I want to make that clear. <laughs> but they oh, no. they paved a they've paved a, a good path for us, I think. So No, I, I completely sure. agree. Uh and you know, going back to that grind and that hustle that I think is ingrained in both of us, I'm gonna ask you, and we'll bring this train back on the tracks a little bit. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I got off, man. I got off. I'm sorry. Man. No, I love it. I, I think <laughs> I steered you off the track a little bit because I wanted to hear what dad influenced in you. Oh, dad's going to eat dad, this up. Dad is oh, going to yeah. eat this up. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the things um, that audience, you're going to have to bear with us for a minute because this is one of the funniest things to me. One thing about dad, anytime we go anywhere, and you know I'm right on this, and dad says, you know, or dad will be sitting there and I'll say, hey, I ran into so-and-so. Dad always says, they say anything about me? Did they ask about me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do the same thing every time yeah. Chase calls me and says, hey, I just talked to Billy. I'll be like, hey, did Billy say anything about me? Dad? <laughs> and so I think that's one of those things because dad was always connected with everybody. You know, it doesn't matter yeah. where you went. Dad was always connected. So it's always those dad stories. I, you know, I, I can't wait to, you know, one of those days we can, you know, talk about all those things and compare stories. And we just never have time to actually sit down and do that. And so yeah. I'm taking my podcast to do that right now. But yeah. bringing the track, the train back on the tracks. Let's do it. Um, so back to the grind and the hustle. One of the things I've heard you say, and we're going to put a little something out there, and if you don't like it, we'll edit it out. But I think a big part of MGA's success, as opposed to other things, is you guys not only work on, on a salary, you also get a little bit of bonus structure in there. Correct. Correct. And I think that's a big differentiator from your salaried underwriters that work at XYZ Company. I think you're invested more. Do you think that helps you in that part of that grind? A hundred percent. I mean, yes, we know. Yes, we do get a you know a, a salary, but the majority of of our income would be a bonus. So that does create more drive. You want to hit that bonus, but that also makes us like we're kind of like the agent. Like it's a we. Me and the agent are a team against the carrier. Now, if the carriers are listening, I love you. I just want to say that. But we're. I want the business just like you do, agent. I want it. You have you have skin in the make, game. Do I? <laughs> I said you have skin in the game. Yeah. So we both have. Yeah, we have skin in the game. So um, this is. Um, it's kind of like it's a we moment. Me and you are paddling this boat together. Me and the agent, and we're trying to win this account together. I want it. You want it. You want it for commission. Obviously, I want it because I'm trying to hit a, a quarterly bonus that, you know, that we all want. What do we do this for? We do it for money. I mean, you know, this is what we're in it for. This is why people work. So I want, I'm I'm working hard, yes, for the agent. And now if I can't do it, and I'm kind of getting off a little bit, if I can't do it, I want to let the agent know so they can move on as quickly as possible. But a lot of times I'll follow up with the agent just to make sure that they landed it somewhere else because I want them to have it. I mean, just because I couldn't do it for you. I, you're one of my top agents and I love you. And I want to make sure that somehow you got this, you got it right. You got it, you know, you landed it somewhere. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so the bonus structure is nice. I mean, you, we all, that's that's what we live. That's what we live on, man. I mean, it's just, and that's why we, um, we fight hard. We fight really hard for that. And, and every quarter we, we, we look for it and that's what, you know, that's just, uh, it's, it's something that we, we love. Yeah. The bonus is great. It's better than it's, uh, you know, sometimes a salary, just a salary would be great. I mean, I'm not saying that just a salary is wonderful, but if you, if you, Dangle that. Can I say fruit? Dangle sure. fruit. Sure. Carrot. Carrot. Maybe carrot. Let's do carrot. If you dangle the carrot out in front of you, the bonus, and you're constantly chasing it, it 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 is more. It's a lot more fun. And then when you get it, it's a rush. It is a rush like no other. So yeah, I mean, uh, we we love it for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Now uh, I do know uh, we'll wrap up here in a second, but I do know that there are agents out there that build their book, build their agency, build their brand on MGAs. And I do know that there's agencies out there that think, well, MGAs just pay you less commission. But I also know from what you've told me is that's not true either. 
That's there are true. circumstances where you can make more commission in yeah. certain lines of coverage as well as just in general because you're a loyal customer. Am I right? That's that's yeah, that's the truth. I mean, with brokerage markets, no. I mean, they pay us less commission. So and usually you're making more than we are, the agent. So we pay 10 on that. And that's just what it is. But in binding markets where we get more commission, we can you know, over here at Scottish American, we we don't have to, if you want more commission, we don't have to run it up a flagpole. We don't have to, you know, jump through hoops to get it or anything like that. I can just say, hey, XYZ agency has been binding a lot with me and their bind ratio count is great. I'm just going to bump them up. I'm going to bump them up to 12, 14, wherever. Now we usually won't go higher than 14, but neither that's either here nor there. But we, yes, I'll bump them up and the fees probably go up a little bit more. But with every almost, I'm not saying every, with almost every carrier, this is why we ask for a target is because we have credit authority with, with most of our carriers, even our brokerage markets. They'll ask for targets. That's why we ask for targets. So we don't waste each other's time and we give you something that you can sell. But but yeah, anyway, the, the the fees may go up a little bit, but yes, the commission does go up and it, you can sell it all day long. So, and yeah, I mean, that's just one of the things that I love about Scottish is that we don't have to, we kind of make the decisions on our own there. And it's wonderful. Like I can be like, Hey man, this, yeah. Like I said before, this agency's doing so good with me. I'm, I'm going to just bump him up, you know? So anyway, that's it. Well, that's good. I think that's good. I think uh, we've hit a lot here. We're going to have to. Are we maybe do, up? We're going. We're going to have to in a minute. Uh, how much, how much get, longer we got? I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> we we've been on here for for a few minutes now, but I don't know how long we were on before we hit record. So, so back to you know the higher commissions and the binding markets. If someone, I have noticed a trend lately in people that are going after accounts a with hair on them. And B, they know they can build niches throughout their MGAs and their broker relationships. Do you see those circumstances? And if, if someone agent out there listening is saying, I want to build a niche through my broker that nobody else is doing, you know, what could they do there? I know you mentioned some things earlier, but give me some, some ideas. Are you there. talking about like just different things that they could go after, like vacant buildings sure. or? That's a good one. That's Restaurants good one. or stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, what we're seeing a lot of now, and I think some of the standard markets are picking up some of the stuff more now because of COVID. I've seen, you know, like contractors and stuff. But yeah, I mean, vacant buildings we're, we're doing really well on. Restaurants we're doing really well on. Um, any kind of, I mean, contractors we're still doing really well on. General contractors we're doing really well on. Um, there's just a lot of stuff out there. I mean, we get all kinds of stuff. I mean, the craziest stuff comes in my email on a daily basis. So I'm just, I'm, I'm always like, well, if I know I can do it, I know I can do it. But a lot of times there's some times where I'm like, hey, I don't know. I'm going to have to check the carrier on that one because, you know, it's or or the, the, the brokerage market or whatever to see if I can do that. But yeah, there's just all kinds of crazy things that come through our inbox on a daily basis. So yeah, I mean, if you're just, if, if, if you want to go after, like I said, contractors, vacant buildings, restaurants, um, lesser's risk type situations or, or anything like that, then you can most definitely do that. I mean, we write a ton of those. So um, I'm trying to think of anything I'm working on right now, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's all across the board. We're, I guess. What, what is the craziest account you've seen submitted to you? You don't have to say a name of it, but is there anything crazy that like, like I know, okay, I'll give an example. And I'll let you think about it. When I yeah, worked over at Med, when I worked at Med, I worked with one of the brokers there and I won't say his name, but um, we ended up writing the Dead Sea Scrolls. That oh, was wow. one of the coolest accounts that we ever wrote. And we had to ensure them flying over across the pond to New York. And just the, the value we had to put on the Dead Sea Scrolls was crazy. It's like, how do you put a value on the Dead Sea Scrolls? So we didn't know how to do it, but there was some museum yeah. that was moving them across the pond to New York. And I was like, holy crap. That was one wow. of the craziest things I saw when I was there. Uh, Gosh, I don't I know. know. That's, a, that's a good question. I mean. Another just... one that I saw while you're thinking is I saw one of them came through when I was an agent. A guy was running a dump truck. And then when he wasn't doing dump truck, he sold sandwiches out the back of his dump truck. And that was a difficult one for me to figure out. But <laughs> to put different class, like, are you serious, man? He goes, yeah, man, I go to a job site to sell sandwiches uh, on the yeah. back of a dump truck. I'm like, oh, shit. 
Jeez. But anyway, it was cool. I mean, I didn't know if you'd see anything crazy like that. I mean, those portable shooting ranges. I've seen those. We see the axe throwing a lot. Um, we, we get those in. In fact, I got one in yesterday because those are like up and coming. The axe throwing places with the restaurants and stuff like that. But I mean, I golly, that's such a hard question. I mean, we just see stuff every day. I think I got a, a baby pillow manufacturer the other day. Oh, what? there you go. <laughs> yeah. But I so, imagine with the axe throwing. Yeah. You get a claim on that. That's like you're losing a finger. Or that's correct. In- yeah. And, but <laughs> just for anybody who's listening, we do have a place for axe throwing. I just want that to be known. So there you go. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Know, it's just we we just get all kinds of stuff in here, you know. All right, so okay, so I'll, I'll tell you, thirty five percent of my audience. And I'm real big on stupid analytics and numbers, but thirty five point two percent is from Arkansas. But if someone from outside of Arkansas wanted to submit to you, could yeah. they do that, or do you only work in Arkansas? No, we we work. I mean, I work. I could go in just about any state with most carriers or some carriers that I'm limited to. Like, I mean, I have one carrier I'm thinking about now that I can only do Arkansas and Oklahoma in, but we do have carriers. Yeah. That, that'll, you know, reach out that far and and go to other states. I mean, usually within our authority, we're, we're Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, and then I, Plan on hitting Tennessee pretty hard next year whenever all this COVID stuff's up and going to hit that pretty hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, the majority of our business is here. But if anybody is listening outside of Arkansas, you can send it to me. Um, I don't have the ac- the ac- access as I would if it's in Arkansas, but I'll definitely give it a shot. I'll give it everything. There you I go. Know. And then Scottish does have offices in California and in other areas too. That's correct? right. That's right. So, yeah. If, so, even if, if you if, couldn't do it, you could get it to one of those people. That's correct. Well, I mean, we have offices in Hawaii, California, New York, Dallas. I mean, Louisiana. We got offices everywhere. So, if I couldn't do it for some reason, I could just fire it to one of those guys and they could handle it for you. So, it's no problem. So, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, my phone number is 501 690 one zero zero one and my email address is chase s at scottish american.com there you go yeah so hit me up hit me up yes chase is no i think i think people respect uh, you've been in it three years so you're still young enough in it but you've been in it long enough where you've got that you know you've got that experience now but you also still have that drive i have the drive I have the job for sure. And if I don't know something, I mean, the good thing about working for one of the good things, the benefits I see about being here is if I don't know something, I have so many, I guess, little safety nets around me that I could ask like Jason, John, Tammy, a lot of my carrier underwriters, I'll call my Hallmark one, um, Kate Innocent, big shout out to her. But I mean, she she has just helped me so much. And I'll just about anything. And I can call her if I don't know how to do something. And I know this is said a lot, but I will figure it out. And I will, I will, I will make sure that it's done correctly. For the most part, listen, I make mistakes for sure, just like anybody does. But uh, I will do my best to get you the right quote. And I, I do lean on people sometimes. And I did especially a lot in the beginning. But now that I've got, a, got my footing and I'm going, the questions are a lot less. But I still ask if I don't know how to do it. I still I, I, I have no shame. I'm not above just I'll, I'll just G chat someone or pick up the phone or look back at Jason. And I just ask him or John or whoever. And um, we go from there and we figure it out. So, yeah. I also think that's big because you're not going to give them BS. You're going to say, hang on, let me figure it out and I'll get back to you. That's correct. I do that. I mean, if I, like I said, if I know how to do it, which yes, I can, I can do it really fast. I can do it for you. No problem. But if I don't know how to do something, I will let you know that I really, I don't know. I'm going to have to check some manuals. I'm going to have to ask some people and then I will get back to you and I will get back to you. I mean, I'll let you know. So man, Chase, I got to wrap it up, bro. (laughs) Was this good? I I mean, are you all right? No, I think I, I think it was good, man. I loved it. And there's only a couple of edits. That's on my end because I don't like to to cuss on my podcast. But uh, you know, um, I think it's good, man. I I really do. I think it'd be a great little uh, Thanksgiving episode or little, something. Little, little Thanksgiving sesh. Little Thanksgiving. Yeah. Session. Yeah. Well, um, 
man, I, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you hanging out yeah, with man. us. Hey, thanks for time. having me. This was this yeah, was this bro. was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for having me. And I, you know, if anybody's listening, please uh, contact me, and um, I'll take care of you. So I love you, brother. Love you too, man. Guys, thank you so much. I hope you had as much fun as I did. We're recording that conversation with my little brother. Uh, I really wanted the world to hear that conversation. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did. And I hope that the content we brought made you a better insurance professional. Guys, if you have an idea for your own show, uh, check out my man Ryan over at Ready, Set, Podcast. They do a phenomenal job. They edit, they record, they put it out there at all the platforms for you. Uh, They do a great job. That's GetReadySetPodcast.com. Or you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, uh, probably Twitter. I know you can find him on LinkedIn. He's everywhere. Um, Ready, set, podcast. Turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next week. <laughs>